0: Sawyer Robertson added to the roster at Baylor. It is huge objectively, but this quarterback room is not finished. And is Sawyer Robertson even the crown jewel? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. When this is airing at least. Uh, and have, welcome to Locked On Baylor. It's actually, John, we are recording this to peel back the curtain on yours truly's twenty-second birthday, which I have come to realize is probably the worst birthday that's ever existed. Wait, um, why? Why is this the worst? You're you're coming off the biggest milestone birthday, okay. like the one. And when's the next one? When is the next birthday?
1: I'm just saying, like, that number, like, means a lot. So, don't sleep on 22, all right? Okay. We just finished the year 2022. It's parallel. I mean, come on now. Come on. 22 they, it will be your best yet. How about that?
0: I feel like it's different for girls because the Taylor Swift thing. The It's the 22. Sure. is my Taylor Swift birthday. If I go out and, like, hey, it's my Taylor Swift birthday, I don't think that's going to work very well with my listening base. Uh, I was going to so, say, it
1: depends on the crowd, but not this one.
0: Right. I'm going to stay off of that and stay on – Stay locked on. Uh, Thanking everyone for making this their first listen every single day. John works for Sports Illustrated as their director of football recruiting. I work at Sports Illustrated inside the Bears. This quarterback room for Baylor, John. I, I want to start before we get really into the depth all altogether with your thoughts on Sawyer Robertson, who is a I would call him a Mike Leach quarterback. He spent two years in the system oh, at yeah. uh, Lubbock Coronado. And it's somebody that that Baylor wasn't on the radar, but it's almost to me like Austin Novosad, but with two years of college football under
1: his belt. Yeah, well, yeah. Bigger, more experienced um, and actually more productive in high school than uh, Mr. Dripping Springs, Texas. But look, this is you said it at the top of the show. This is huge. Objectively, one to get another body, and it sounds crazy to say that in, in 2023, in in, in a selling a power five program that has been there and done that recently, like Baylor has. It feels crazy to say just another scholarship player there is a big deal, but it's a big deal. But on top of that, this is a big air-raid, very modern quarterback that is now enthrusted into this competition with Blake Shapen. And I love it. I think this is the type of guy. Who moves you forward? Um, you, you do it in one of two ways. It's got to be modern, and it's either a dual threat or a guy who can just sit there and light it up. And, and I think Sawyer fits that latter category just a little bit better. 11,000-plus uh, yards, over 100 touchdowns in high school. And you talk to folks in the SEC and at Mississippi State, and Will Rogers is rewriting all the SEC record books under previously under Michael Leach, R.I.P., But after that, the conversation was, this is going to be a log jam at Mississippi State at quarterback because they recruit well because they had Mike Leach. But Robertson on the front end was going to be considered the favorite before all the events of the winter months played out. So Rodgers is still there. He moves on. Very conventional entry into the the transfer portal. I think Rodgers has two more years of eligibility. So you understand why Robertson – made this move. But again, there's a sense at 6-4 where they can in for right arm and enough athleticism and mobility to at least keep a defense honest that this was going to be an SEC starter in a year's time. Uh, so that alone should get Baylor fans pretty excited. Again, West Texas native coming back to his home state. That makes a lot of sense. And if, if you're talking about Baylor taking a step in the right direction offensively, Quarterback-wise, it had to be one of those two fronts. Are, Are you a gunslinger, or are you a guy who's really going to challenge the defense with his legs? Finding a blend of the two would also work, and I think that's where Sawyer Robertson can immediately make an impact for the Baylor Bears. Baylor won a Sugar Bowl asking
0: gary bohannon not to do the minimum necessarily but to completely fit a role be a dual threat guy don't have to chunk the ball deep lean on experienced receivers and a really good offensive line then last year with inexperienced receivers and new running backs they had to ask blake shapen to step up more so than gary bohannon and it didn't pan out so now you go after a quarterback that can be the game changer for the bears but john i want to put you i try not to put you on the spot but i'm wholly going to put you on the spot um Coming out of high school, at Coronado, he was a top 20 quarterback uh, amongst most outlets across the nation. Do you remember anything about his original recruitment? And I, I again, I'm putting you on the spot, so say no if that's no.
1: Yes, I absolutely do. He was a guy, we, we used to do All-American teams at SI All-American, and he was one of the candidates in that class, I believe, of 2020, which was the pandemic year. So that was the year we really we really uh, leaned on tape, right? We, there wasn't as much in-person stuff. So I think that probably hindered the ceiling for the recruitment of a kid from, from Lubbock uh, of all places. Uh, but even still the production and the overall body of work from Robertson had a lot of folks uh, very high on his list and vice versa. But again, coming out and joining a Mike Leach program, you understand. I mean, the, the air rate is synonymous with Lubbock, Texas to, to a, a large degree. So that reputation still lives and breathes there relative to Mike Leach. So naturally Mississippi state was going to be a bit tough to beat in that recruitment, basically from the jump. Uh, but this was a coveted kid blue chip recruit uh, top. I'd say closer to top 10 than the top 20 uh, in that recruiting cycle. And, and again, he, he had that package of production in that system where a lot is placed on the quarterback. And he also had this, this kind of, Intriguing athleticism, where you see it on Friday nights, you saw it on the baseball diamond there as well. Uh, he, he's got size and intriguing athleticism to go along with that quick trigger and ability to to really push the ball down the field and move an offense with incredible pace. Again, he did it in high school. He was learning to do it from maybe the best in the business for two years in the SEC West. I think that bodes incredibly well for that transition uh, to to whatever this Baylor offense is going to look like in twenty twenty three.
0: John, one of the most intriguing parts of this to me and a lot of Baylor fans alike is the fact that Blake Shapin started 13 games last year. I mean, you're you're coming in trying to dethrone a guy who's got a couple years of eligibility left, and that makes a really sticky situation. And somebody's got to sit sit the pine at, at some point. It's not going to be a two quarterback package at Baylor. Right. I want to break that down the quarterback room as a whole, but to to close the book on just Sawyer, what is the one thing that truly does stand out to you
1: about the way he plays? It's the trigger, Drake, just how quickly he processes information and fires the football. It's a staple of the air raid. You cannot be indecisive in that offense. Everybody focuses on the arm and the ability to throw it deep and all that fun stuff and throw by volume. That's great, but it's really a processing offense. How quickly can you have that one read and and go through it with conviction? And in that regard, Sawyer Robinson, from a high school perspective, was about as polished as it got. And then again, you throw on the two years of SEC West experience and you feel pretty good about his chances to basically do what Blake Shapen did this time last year and unseat the longtime starter and maybe the guy who's expected to retain that post.
0: Yeah. John, that's, that's it. That's the big question now in the offseason is another quarterback battle for Baylor. But before we jump into that, I want to jump into LinkedIn Talent Solutions. The reason we can have John on every week is Is because of LinkedIn Talent Solutions and their sponsorship of this spot with the recruiting expert. And it is, I'm telling you, the place to go. Like for me, somebody who's applying to jobs right now post-grad, like the Reno Aces, the Reno Aces just had 3A, uh, what is it? Uh, Yeah, 3A baseball programs had their broadcast position open. How did I find it? LinkedIn. The The Detroit Tigers just had a broadcast assistant spot open. How did I find it? LinkedIn. All these jobs that are out there that are easy to find for those who are searching are linked back to LinkedIn's talent search pool. 875 member profiles are involved in LinkedIn right now. And Talent Solutions will help you find the right candidate for your job faster. You can post all kinds of questions and vetting vetting tools to where you don't have to go in with a pool of 200 people and narrow it down yourself. LinkedIn will do that for you. It is number one. It is number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You go post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash LockedOnCollege. linkedin.com slash college, Post it for free. And keep in mind that terms and conditions do apply. John, you brought in a blue-chip quarterback. You've got Blake Shapin, who was not really a blue-chip quarterback at a high school, not near as much so as Sawyer Robertson. I have posed the question, it's a tough one, how do you bring in someone of the caliber of Sawyer Robertson and not put them on the field day one, but that might be where Baylor is next fall? This is a weird spot.
1: 100% look this is this is college football right this is college football in 2023 it is about uh, right now it is always about development and culture and all that stuff but you've got to win in the meantime you've got to satisfy a lot of needs today and a lot of that is produced via competition and yeah. the quarterback position again Baylor just did this a year ago a lot of teams are going to just do this year to year and just because you bring in a guy or he beats out your guy that doesn't ensure anything for for the following season. And we see that across the sport. There are how many starting quarterbacks that we think are pretty good went through the portal. I know we talked about it the last time I was on, but it was like over a dozen. I mean it was a, a bunch of pretty darn good quarterbacks that were looking for something new. How many of them were maybe nudged by their current school or their former school at this point we know it's at least two or three big names uh, were nudged in that direction. So that's a sign of what college football is in 2023. It is about the now, and you've got to breed that competition, even if you feel good about a guy. You know, you know, not everybody's USC with a Heisman winner coming back. Everybody else is basically trying to create that level of competition with at least two guys, ideally three, if it's going to be wide open. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how Baylor pivots from there. But now at least – you can go into spring football and feel comfortable about at least the battle for QB one will be intense. Either that battle propels Shapen to hold off Sawyer in the end or Sawyer with the talent, with the size and the pedigree really does come in and immediately captivate that entire offensive coaching staff and and personnel department. You know, either scenario uh, seems possible at this point. Uh, I know certainly with the integrity that we assume comes with Dave Aranda, you know promises aren't made on the recruiting trail, so you no. can't ditto that or duplicate that in the transfer portal. So you just bring in an opportunity to compete. Um Again, if you'd have said two years ago, Sawyer Robertson was was fostering in a good system but hadn't su- quite seen the field, you'd probably been surprised, especially relative to where he signed. Of course, at that point, we didn't know how good Will Rogers was. Um, So naturally, you understand why he feels the need To move forward and and look around of course uh, unfortunately coupled with all the events that went down at starkville over the last couple of months Uh, so it makes a lot of sense for him to come back to texas and kind of get back to it and i think again you, you don't promise it but you kind of expect it simultaneously you're not bringing in portal quarterbacks to sit the bench Uh, even though he's a young guy even though he's got what at least three years of eligibility remaining you don't just do that to do it um so i do think it'll be fascinating and and let the chips fall where they may through this battle that is again the nature of the sport because guess what there's gonna be another wave of portal entries after spring football and quarterbacks of course will dominate and kick off that conversation
0: yeah that's to me look you've got blake shape and you got Sawyer robertson those two guys are competing for your starting spot but I'm also taking into account, you You can't, you can't just have two scholarship quarterbacks on roster because right. anything can happen in college football. As we've seen, guys will leave programs in the middle of the offseason, in the middle of the upcoming season. And, John, you didn't say this, I did. The odds that in two years, one of either Sawyer Robertson or Blake Chapin, who have similar eligibility tracks, one of them will be at Louisiana Tech. One of them will be because that's what college football is. Two guys are not going to sit in the same QB room and chance that one gets hurt or or try to vie for something midseason. So now that leaves, with all this limbo, Baylor in need of a third scholarship quarterback. Or, you know what? Take that all out. I didn't say any of that. Scratch that from the record. John, you're the quarterback coach. You've got Sawyer Robertson, Blake Shapen. What do you do with that third spot you need to fill? Do you go after the old Sage grad transfer from D2 that can be an effective coach? Or do you you bring a walk on? What do you do?
1: I'm bringing somebody who can play. Uh, I think you can't have enough bodies in that regard. And again, that window is going to open again in the spring. So I do think the timing here, you had to get at least one now. So that box is checked. Now you have your eyes wide open when spring ball starts. Because guess what? This is a very quarterback-friendly NFL draft. So what does that mean? A lot of great quarterbacks are departing some interesting posts, right? Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, all three of those come to mind without even thinking hard about it, and they've all got multiple players theoretically in line for those position battles. Coming out of spring ball, if if one, two, or all three of those races in particular are all but decided, guess what? Those quarterback rooms will change and somebody's going to bail. So naturally Baylor's got to keep its eyes peeled, but even now with a a little bit of time left in this first portal window, there's still some interesting arms that are uncommitted and also have a lot of eligibility remaining going forward because that's the sell at this point, right? Mm -hmm. You're clearly, if you're bringing another quarterback, you're saying, Hey, Shapen and Robertson are going to battle for this thing. Player X, you'll have an opportunity, but it might not be to this degree. However, there are some young freshman, sophomore type quarterback uh, prospects still out there. I mean, Sam Hewitt at Washington, Walker Howard from LSU. I like Landry Liddy from Louisiana. He talk about a guy who can light it up in a system. He went to Louisiana Tech, ironically enough, the school you just brought up, and he got some run as a true freshman and won some games after being the Gatorade State Player of the Year. Incredibly productive, smaller, compact quarterback who's just a winner. Uh, so I think there's some opportunity for Baylor to make a splash once again at the quarterback position. Cause you're absolutely right. Drake, you cannot go into a season, by the way, these seasons are getting longer now, right? Yeah. As we expand the playoff and all those things, you cannot go into a season with two scholarship quarterbacks as a power five football program. It's just not something that you, not that you're not allowed to do it, but you just shouldn't do it from a numbers perspective. Attrition is a part of the game in season, just as much now as it is uh during the off season. John, I, I, so I, I'm with the idea of bring in somebody who's got eligibility
0: left. Make this a true competition. And if someone's got to go, Dave Aranda's not afraid of that. He already gave Gary and hey, look, respectfully, here's the door. We're going with somebody else. So this right. wouldn't be out of character for, for Aranda. But also, there's a guy. There is a guy from Calabasas, California. And, John, he could commit somewhere else by the time this airs. But he is a had a 90.1% completion rate this last not year, terrible. Oregon state, Tristan Gebbia. Now he threw 11 balls, but 10 for 11 is good. <laughs> uh, and he's a sixth year senior. He was born in 1998. So he would be the wise, wise sage style guy to bring into your locker room. There's mutual interest between him and Baylor. I see a lot of crystal balls that have predicted him coming to Waco. What does a guy like that, not even Gebbia uh, individually, but he three-year team captain, older quarterback that can come into a locker room, settle down your room, what do you get in a in an experienced kid like that?
1: Yeah, you get the total opposite of what we just talked about, right? You get somebody who's going to give back, somebody who is willing to buy in without that uh, dangling fruit of, hey, you might be the guy uh, day one, game one. Somebody who's understanding and accepting of that type of role would obviously be ideal. I mean, we see it in the NFL. We see it at the highest levels all the time, bringing in that experienced guy To help the young guys along well in this case it's two young players yeah one has started one hasn't but they're both young players like you said with a lot of eligibility remaining so i think that could stabilize the quarterback room and help to close the gap in the quarterback battle itself, right? That guy doesn't command a lot of attention. He doesn't need a lot of physical reps. He's very comfortable taking the reps on, on a whiteboard as opposed to going out on the practice field and doing it simultaneously. He understands multiple offensive systems. In theory, he can help run your scout team in the meantime. So it really serves multiple purposes when you bring in an experienced player like that. So if Tristan Gebbia... Remains a thing for Baylor. I'm all for it because uh, you need you need that worst case scenario emergency quarterback who's at least gotten some uh, power five experience and obviously uh, a ton of you know off season experiences along the way as a as a mature player. Um, you could satisfy that need, but also play the mentor role uh, there as well. And again, there's there's so much respect for the Dave Arandas, for the Jeff Grimes, for, for all the coaches there at Baylor, that it would be the kind of system that would embrace somebody buying into that type of role specifically. And it's also a program that would amplify that type of role and not just sell it as, hey, yeah, you're on your path to becoming a graduate assistant next year if, if you want it. It's not that simple in theory at a school like Baylor.
0: Yeah, I mean, Luke Anthony from Louisiana Tech last year was that for the Bears. I think is better would add something better, like you said, to scout team or practices. It just, like his his stuff out of high school. Nebraska commit. I mean, yep. looked like he could be one of the one of the better arms, if he got older, developed in college football. It never really happened for him. Panned out at Oregon State. So don't think Baylor's a bad landing spot and not a bad thing to have in your locker room uh, for the Bears. But I want to go into really not just the QB room, but the locker room as a whole, John, in the transfer portal. Dave Aranda, in his first two years, I think it was five, maybe six transfers he brought all together. Just never said he was anti-transfer portal, but you saw it in the way he operated. You didn't get a lot of that. And now he's got nine guys this offseason. The Barrington bros that are coming in that are so good. Isaiah Dunson from Miami. You've got Dominic Richardson from Oklahoma State and obviously Sawyer Robertson. What does this commitment to the transfer portal this year say about Baylor?
1: It shows that Baylor and Dave in particular are willing to adjust. Look, we know Dave is a defensive guy by nature that means you're a little bit more conservative mm-hmm. in the movement department whether it's changing philosophies or changing personnel in particular but the the ambition and i would say boldness it took to even go with a Blake shape and over the established Gary Bohan and that in and of itself even though it didn't work the the gravitas to make that move uh took a lot and and i thought was kind of an initial sign of Hey, Dave Aranda is going to adjust as this thing goes around. He's not going to be, even though he's he's built as this conventional uh, elite-minded defensive coach who's going to be conservative, he's going to continue to tweak and adapt uh, to what the sport becomes. And that's what the sport has become. It is about rebuilding these quarterback rooms sometimes every single year because of the expected attrition. And that obviously correlates to a lot of other positions. So that's why you're going to see those transfer numbers continue to increase not only at Baylor, but at, I would say, all schools. I mean, a lot of these schools that were sticking the mud about the portal are starting to say, well, I kind of I kind of got to dabble at least a little bit, right? Even, even the Clemsons, the Notre Dames of the world that you would never associate with it are starting to look around and, and, and poach a little bit more than they would have otherwise. So it, it's a sign, uh just like just like spread offenses and, and, and the offensive game modernizing and defenses there having to combat it thereafter. It, it took time, right? But the early adopters benefited early on, and then everyone else caught up. So this in in, in my theory is Baylor catching up to the talent acquisition element of the sport that is frantic and fluid and momentous and can change at the drop of a hat, basically 12 months a year at this point. So you've got to adapt and and kind of bite off more than you can chew on purpose mm-hmm. so that when the dust settles, you, you've got a comfortable 85 man roster that you can go into a 12 game season with.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, and Baylor's defense specifically, you mentioned Dave Rand and his focus there. You're replacing eight or nine guys, and you talk about the schools who don't really do it, Clemson, or eight or nine starters, I should say, the Clemsons, the Notre Dames who are buying into it, I want to pivot to your your Oklahoma States who you're seeing go big in the poor, the A&Ms who are finding plug-and-play players, let's go get a guy, put him in a starting spot. Baylor's going to be a a good bit of that next year, I think, defensively especially. Is that an inherently bad thing?
1: (laughs) Again, it's it's easy to knock is it. Li- is
0: that a little is that a question, John?
1: Is that a little no, question? no, it's not. It's not. It's easy to knock it from an, from an idealistic standpoint, right? Yeah. Like, hey, you want to build continuity, you want to build culture. You, you don't want mercenaries, you know, rented players like we see in, in professional sports. But can you can you hold on to your culture while you sprinkle some of that in and maybe mm-hmm. more than you would like uh, in certain off seasons? I think the answer is yes. We we've seen this work on both sides right we've seen portal rosters totally overhaul current rosters right i mean look at usc and lsu last year having success with first year coaches and then you've seen the opposite work tcu lost players to the portal and found a way into the playoff i mean you, you know your your top programs didn't have to build through the portal but now going forward Is that going to remain true? You've got to at least survive the portal, and and that's going to come with addressing needs primarily. We just talked about it most of this show at the quarterback position. Expand that to all 22 positions on, on a starting offense and defense, and let's not forget special teams, that's going to become a solution Uh, if it's presented that way. If there's a good player in the portal at a position that you happen to have a need at, why would you not at least explore it? At least make those phone calls, use your back channels, play the gray area, whatever it is, to at least see if that's a possibility for your roster. Now, you want to bring them in and and see if they are a fit, and obviously recruit them and build those relationships, even though transfer portal decisions happen much faster than than traditional recruiting decisions do. So you, you do take some risks in that pursuit, but again, that's the nature of the sport. I mean, how many times go, go to the highest level, go to the NFL, how many five, six year deals are signed. And then after one year, the programs or the organization's like, Hey, look, we got to cut our losses here and move forward. That same type of deal is going to happen in college football. If bad apples join your program. Uh, And that's something, again, you've got to trust with your own, um, identification and evaluation from, from a non-football standpoint to see if, if there's a fit on top of, of the on-field fit. But again, that's for everybody to judge on their own. So I don't think it's inherently bad for the sport. Uh, I think in spots, it's actually good for the sport, and it's going to help folks propel themselves forward, maybe grab that bigger spotlight, have a bigger opportunity or bigger chance at an opportunity uh, while, while other schools are, are going to continue to try to ignore it and, and then play catch-up. A little bit later there, there's a blend there in my long-winded way of answering your question there's a blend there I don't think it's all bad uh you you've got to adapt or die as, as the phrase suggests
0: yeah I Baylor is person over player and I think you're still seeing that in the transfer portal or going after guys who are a good culture fit but even the la- the last question I got before we close it out John, this away from Baylor, like if, if I'm a coach, if I am, which I'm not, by the way, if I'm a coach and I'm sitting on my couch on December 15th, the portals open and I've seen all these guys that post, wh- why not just take these 2000 players and just send a DM in their Twitter? Like one after the other, after the other. I, I just, the way that I see this, it has become a game, like a, a video game where you go in and NCAA 12 offer every guy on the board just because you can. Are coaches doing that? Why why wouldn't you cast that wide net and
1: see where you can narrow it down to picking up some big names along the way? Absolutely, they're doing that. It's it's the same approach to recruiting, but it's a more condensed and accelerated version of a recruiting board. So the difference is the board reveals itself in the transfer portal as opposed to in high school and junior college recruiting where you got to go establish that board now here the names come to you so yeah. yeah every single depart every single program has a department or at least a person that is refreshing that darn transfer portal mm. i would say every hour on the hour at worst it might be every 10 15 minutes because sometimes the window can be that small to establish communication so yeah just like any other um positional coach or recruiting coordinator you have an assignment when you are in that pursuit hey if any quarterback that has XYZ floor requirements jumps in the portal, please hit them up immediately and we'll eventually circle back. I mean, that is absolutely happening across the sport. And again, these recruiting and staffing departments, uh, you know, in the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, as they start to expand, those are going to be singular jobs. You know, it's yeah. going to be director of player personnel, director of portal personnel at one point. Maybe it's a couple of years away, but it's going to be, That important, that prioritized by uh, the biggest and best brands in the sport. So there will be, of course, a trickle down effect. And yeah, the portal will be attacked by everyone eventually simultaneously. So it's actually going to get more hectic as opposed to cooling down in the years to come, in my opinion. Wow. Well, that's what we get paid for, right, John?
0: It's the, the hectic nature of what oh, football yeah. and college athletics have become. But, John, for everything you've done, everything you do at Sports Illustrated via recruiting in the portal and high school,
1: where can our listeners find you? Well, you're so kind, Drake. You've got my Twitter handle right there. Uh, you see my written work, my audio work, uh, like, like here on the Lockdown Network, all in one spot at John Garcia underscore JR. It's the best way to connect.
0: Perfect. John, thanks as always for joining. Thank you, sir. Everybody else out there, thank you for making Locked on Baylor your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow where it's a Friday. We'll preview this weekend's men's basketball game and more on Stalia Roberts in the portal, everything that is Baylor football on Locked on Baylor.